Hi, everyone. My name is Dr. Veronica Hardy, and thank you for joining me today. Recently, I posted an article for the New Social Worker magazine and a video on the YouTube page of the New Social Worker magazine focusing on doctoral degrees and dissertations. And this became a great discussion on different social media sites. So I thought, why not continue that discussion through an interview today with someone who actually has their DSW degree. Her name is Dr. Shannon Cousineau, and I'm so glad she's joining us today. Thank you, Dr. Hardy, for having me. Yes, thank you so much for being here. Um, let's just start with if you could tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, well, so I was born and raised in Rhode Island, a um, very small town in a small state, and now living in North Carolina in a very small town, but still it's wonderful down here. I love it. Um, I started out in social work, working in residential settings um, in a group home. And that's kind of where where my love for working with, with people really started um, in a social work role. I had already worked in schools and things um, as kind of an aid, um, but this really kind of brought my my interest out. Um, for different roles I've had, I've worked in therapeutic foster care, worked for the United States Navy as a contractor doing domestic violence work and child abuse, child sexual abuse work. Um, I've worked in outpatient clinics and in-home therapy, worked at a hospital, and also went into management and did some supervisory roles around um, the outpatient and all of that, some school-based work, and then also with psychiatric emergency services with the people that are really struggling and, you know, homicidal, suicidal, behavioral problems, substance abuse, all of that. Mm -hmm. um, for self-care, I tend to read a lot. I love to read mystery novels. So I do that. I like to travel, spend time with my family. Um, those kinds of things is, is typically how I spend my time if I'm not doing work. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is awesome. And you have such vast experience. And I like that you shared the self-care pieces so other people can hear just how important self-care is for social workers. It really is. It really is. You need that time to just decompress, especially, you know, we work with the most vulnerable, but also the, the most challenging. Yeah. you know, situation. So it's good to be able to care for ourselves. That is so true. And I have a list of questions for okay. you just about your experience with the doctoral degree and how that may have enhanced your experience or your career journey. So one of the first questions that I have is what led you to make the decision to go back to school for your doctoral level education? It had always been a personal goal of mine. And when I was in my master's program um, at the Catholic University of America in Washington, DC, I had met with some, some of the people there around their PhD program and what it would look like. And I was thinking this would be a great idea, but life happens and it never really got there, right? It wasn't the right time for me to move ahead with, with my education at that point. And I really felt like I needed more work experience being in the field before I could actually pursue a, a doctoral, you know, degree. Um, and then life just kept happening. 
and found I found myself um, in a situation with with my partner where um, his mother needed some some care, and we ended up taking her in and and caring her for her twenty four seven, which also gave me the opportunity to switch from a position that I was in working ridiculous hours and just never really home to something where I could be more present and home a little bit more. And it also gave me some flexibility to be able to do some, be able to do homework basically and write my dissertation and all of that. Um, and by doing that, it, I started my journey. I was like, oh, wow, this is the time that I can actually do it. It's the right time to go. Um, and with tons of support from him and from um, his family and from, from my family, it, it just all kind of came together. So I started looking at different programs to see what was out there and knew of the DSW because in my undergrad program, I had someone who had done the doctoral in social work versus a PhD um, and was really intrigued by that. So that's how I ended up saying, this is the right time and, and let me do that. Let me go ahead and, and start looking and applying at schools. And I, I, first of all, I have to say thank you for sharing aspects of your personal story and kind of your life journey, your family's life journey and some of those transitions that were taking place. And I really hope our, our audience is able to hear that it depends on where we are in our own lives and the decisions that we make. And is it a right fit for that time period of your life, too? And like you said, it fit at that point where you were at. It did. It really did. I had spoken with um, colleagues and things along the way who had their their PhD or their doctoral DSW. And each time I talk about it, I would get excited. Like, yes, I want to do that. I need to do that. And then it just wouldn't, it wasn't the right time, you know. Um, and having to, I had to work full time. There was no way out of that. So being able to balance the family and the full time and doing all of this schoolwork. And, you know, I know people that were able to do a, a doctoral program and not have to work. And I completely admire that. Um, but that just wasn't my circumstance. And, and I'm glad you already brought up the acronyms DSW and PhD, because I often get a lot of questions around those, the doctorate in social work or the, the doctorate of philosophy, et cetera. Um, yeah. in social work. So you shared a little bit already about someone you knew who had a DSW. So mm -hmm. could we go a little bit deeper into what led you to pursue the DSW degree versus a PhD? Sure. There were a few factors. Some of them were practical and some of them were just for my learning style. Um, as I was doing research about different programs and looking into both, I hadn't ruled out a PhD. Um, it was going to be, I, either way, I was going to end up with a, with a doctoral degree. I knew that. It was just finding which program was going to be the right fit, what made the most sense, and knowing myself. I knew I needed an online program because I wasn't going to be able to move. Um, the programs in the area where I was living were very expensive and just, they weren't going to be affordable for me. So I started looking at the online programs out there to decide what was going to work. Knowing myself that I really need something to keep me going, but I also need a time frame for things to happen. I can do anything if I know how long I have to do it, right? Um, and as I was looking, I'm like, 
okay, so a PhD program, five to seven years, I want something a little more concrete. And some of the DSW programs I was looking at were like, you can do it in three years, you can have everything done. And I was like, that I can do. Yeah. I know I can do a time frame. you know? I also liked that for the, where I eventually ended up going, and one of the things that I found with the, with the DSW programs is they're in a cohort model. So I was really able to, I, would, I knew I would be able to get to know people and have support of others that were going through the same thing which from people that I had spoken to with a PhD, they started out with a group, but then people ended up, you know, graduating at different times, finishing their dissertations at different times. And they kind of lost some of that, some of that support that they would have had or that camaraderie, you know? Um, so I started looking more at that. The other thing was that as I did more research, I was finding the DSW is really an advanced clinical degree or an advanced generalist and even further advanced generalist degree. And I really liked that as a practitioner, as someone who had done clinical work for many years at that point, trying to figure out what made the most sense. Was it going to be eventually that I was going to teach, which I knew eventually I would, but how could I use the advanced degree also in practice? And so as I was looking, I was finding some programs that were very clinically focused, some with the DSW that um, were more management focused. So moving up, you know, if you wanted to become a CEO of an organization, those types of things. Um, the one that I ended up finding, the, the best one for me was where I eventually went, and that was the University of St. Thomas, and it was a joint program at the time um, between St. Catharines University and the University of St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. And why I chose it is because their focus was on teaching as practice. What do you need to know to teach in higher ed? Knowing I was eventually going to get there, it was something that was important to me to to learn how does it would all work with social work curriculum you know um i had also over the years had many interns you know i was a field supervisor for for a few schools um and i was noticing a lot with students coming to me they didn't necessarily have a great foundation so as I was working with them and teaching them more around the basics that they needed, I was thinking, I really need to be able to do this in a classroom with more people, you know? So that's how I ended up. And the doctoral programs are all very different right now. They're not accredited by the, by the CSWE, by the Council on Social Work Education. They're moving that way. So they'll have a little bit more, um, standardized competencies and things like that across the board whereas a phd doesn't have that oversight there's there's nothing really um saying you have to do this with a phd mm -hmm. i also knew that a phd was going to be very research focused mm -hmm. interesting enough i never thought of myself as a researcher until I took my research class in my doctoral <laughs> program and I was like wait a second I do this all the time Yes. Every day, you know, and I kind of had known that from working on grants and program evaluation kind of things. But then it became interesting because I got to choose the research I wanted to do. Right. 
you know. Um, but I knew the PhD was going to be very research focused. A lot of the classes were going to be around that. And that it kind of scared me a little bit, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, but the the great professors and things that I had at at University of St. Thomas were just, they were phenomenal in helping us work through some of that anxiety about doing a dissertation and all of that. So it worked out. That is awesome. I don't know if you noticed, but like I always say, I'm a note taker. So I was sitting here <laughs> taking notes as you were sure. speaking about kind of what influenced you to draw towards the DSW, again, the doctorate in social work versus the PhD in social work the um, Doctor of Philosophy. So some things I just wrote down were time. You wanted to know, I, I need a time frame, a place to direct my energy and my focus. You spoke about cohorts. Basically, you can start with this group and navigate the program with this group. And that group also becomes your support system. You also mentioned about you are interested in learning how to use practice as well as practice uh, teaching as practice, you know, so that was a, a interest of yours as well. And then research came along. And I, I really like how you said your professors helped to alleviate some of that anxiety too, in regards to research. Yes. And, you know, for the, for the program that I chose with it being online, we had to do a two week residency in the summer which worked out perfect for me because it was a slower time in the practice world, you know, um, and I was working for an, an agency that was very supportive of me as well, you know, my supervisors and everything. So sure, go take your two weeks for, for school. And I can remember this summer doing that research class and it's a two week intensive. And all of us, there were 20 of us in my cohort and all of us sitting in class and going, okay, we're going to, we're going to get through research in two weeks. How are we going to do this? And by the end for the closing of residency, there was always a get together with, you know, the three cohorts and, and all of that. And we all had to say at the end, I am a scholar. And it really hit me then I was like, yes, I am. I can do this and I have been doing this. Um, but it just really built that confidence up as I was planning my dissertation and you know what it was gonna look like and how I wanted to do it and um, all of that. So it was really, it was a great experience. Yes, and, and I wanted to bring out too, you mentioned about an online program, basically distance education. Again, something that fit your life, your needs and where you were. And I know many people, want face-to-face -face, or they might have concerns or apprehensions about online. And this wasn't one of the questions that I was planning to ask you, but if someone did say to you, you went for online, but would you have preferred face-to-face -face, or were you definitely fulfilled with your online experience? What would you say? Sure. So for me, learning never came easy. I always did much better in person. What I looked at in the program was, is there that face-to-face -face component to it? So while the work was mainly online using a learning management system, the classes that we were taking did have synchronous classes where we would Zoom. Well, it was through a different um, modality, but it was Zooming. So we would have everybody, you know, a, a couple of times throughout the course, the courses were set up in eight weeks eight week courses and you did one at a time. 
So during a semester, it was two classes that you took, two full classes. And we were meeting just about every other week. So I still had that face-to-face -face with my professors. I could still make that connection with them. I didn't lose touch with my cohort. Um, my cohort also had started a closed Facebook group for all of us. So we would, you know, get together. Some of us would, would Zoom together in between classes just to talk. We still had to do group projects together. Despite being across the country, I'm in Massachusetts and one of my group members is in California and everything in between, trying to manage the time, you know, the time aspects and all of that. But it, having that kind of an online program for me worked much better than something that would have been completely asynchronous, yeah. where I didn't really see anybody and I was really working through everything on my own. I know that would not have worked for me. But this was a great combination of the online and that interpersonal piece that you can get. Yeah. And I like how you shared about the residency. Um, so you were fully present with everyone. And also that synchronous piece, that real time interaction with your classmates, as well as the Facebook group and other types of uh, connecting that you and your cohort established for yourselves. Oh, we really did. And, you know, we when we were at residency, you're taking, you know, non-traditional learners. Most of us are are over 40 um, and we're coming back to residency, staying in a dorm, you know, and and put four people who have never met before in a dorm for the first time. And we're all so different, you know, but we we gelled the people that I ended up rooming with have been become dear friends of mine and as is my rest the rest of the cohort we set up a dinner schedule so each room would pick a night and do dinner and we would all go in if you were busy and you know we just needed to take a plate with you to go back to writing you could do that or you could stay and have the social aspect mm -hmm. um we did things like we would you know take a night for self-care and go out to a baseball game you know um, go out to dinner off campus, things like that, so that we still had, we had time to connect with each other, knew the, the work we needed to do, but still had time for self-care, which was great. Yes, very well done. Just well done to you and your cohort <laughs> for building that for each other, because that helps people. Well, I'll say it increases motivation to continue throughout the program and to have that support along the way. It really did that having that support and being able to reach out when you're struggling, you know, times when we would be, you would see posts on, on the Facebook group saying, I know this paper is due by midnight tonight. And it's four o'clock and I haven't started yet. Help, you know, um, or I just got writer's block. I can't write anymore. What do you do? And just having this group of people be able to surround you and envelop you and support and you got this, you can do it. You know, just put one foot in front of the other and keep going. You, you can do it um, or walk away for 10 minutes and come back, you know, and just hearing that was it was just wonderful. It was such a great thing. Several great points. And, and I think you may have touched on this already, but what were your intentions for your doctorate degree? It was, it was a couple of things. So I was looking, I knew eventually I would teach. 
I didn't know if I was going to go right into higher ed after getting my doctorate until I was really in the program. After I, I started the program and it just got me much more excited to, to join the higher ed community. Um, so it kind of changed. At first it was, I'm going to use this to keep moving forward, maybe adjunct a little bit because I had been doing some adjunct teaching um, and that would kind of help with that. But I was thinking, okay, how could I use this in my practice with other staff, with the, um, you know, interns that I would take for field placements and being able to use it that way is initially where I was thinking. But after the first couple of classes, it was very clear that I was going to be joining for higher ed full time. It just, <laughs> it was just the right fit for me. Yeah. And, um, being in the classroom, knowing the excitement that I get as even as an adjunct, you know, being in the class with the students and sharing what I've learned about social work over the years, um, the different experiences you can have and, and just using that excitement for them. I also could remember very clearly the best classes for me that I enjoyed were the ones where the professors had the real life experience. Yeah. and could bring that to the classroom. And I knew I had that. Mm -hmm. So the, the DSW, this particular program, just really helped me to kind of hone that in on how to use that experience in the classroom. Mm -hmm. You know, looking at how you teach, what are you teaching? Mm -hmm. um, you know, just explaining things, doing a teaching practicum. So getting feedback from a master teacher, but also peers around... Mm -hmm. You might want to change this or change that, you know, kind of a thing, but you did this really well. So that was also very, very helpful. Yeah, I really like how you said when your professor has experience and they can bring that into the classroom, such as what they viewed as mistakes in their past, and they can share that with you and you that vicarious learning, you can learn from it or their, their strengths, what they may have struggled through and had great outcomes. So all of that comes with experience. And in addition to the textbook and other teaching tools, that experience is so valuable for our students. It really is. And when I think about the program and just how to build a syllabus, you know, how do you make it clear for students that are coming in? These are the expectations because we have to have expectations, you know, and, and assignments and things that aren't always the most fun to complete. But what purpose do they serve? How do they help you in being able to connect that for people? And I really learned a lot about, about that, about the curriculum, how to build the curriculum, using the accreditation standards from the Council on Social Work Education from CSWE and how you incorporate those into the classroom so that it makes sense, yeah. you know, was that was just invaluable for me. Mm -hmm. Gosh, and it sounds to me like your classrooms are incredible with your teaching oh, skills and what you were playing, definitely. I like to think so, you know, I do. I like to think so. I don't, I mean, of course, I think there's some that would say absolutely not and others that would you know, be say yes, absolutely, but and everything in between. I just take a lot of pride in teaching and sharing my knowledge, but also recognizing that I don't know everything. Yeah. You know, even with a doctorate, it's you still don't know everything. You have to be a lifelong learner. That's right. And being able to 
even learn from my students. You know, some of them are working in fields that I haven't worked in with populations I haven't worked with. So let's talk about that in the context of the class, you know, um, and how you bring it, bring that in and help them to see you do have knowledge too. Right. You know, a lot you're doing, you're doing the work too. Mm -hmm. That is so true. And another question I often get about doctoral programs is, you know, how do we pay for it? We don't want to go into deeper debt, et cetera. So I'm wondering if you had any unique ways um, basically to manage your finances and finance the doctorate degree at the same time. Sure. Not really, actually. <laughs> Student loans, um, using my job. My work did have tuition assistance, so I was able to tap into that a little bit, which was helpful buying books because it wasn't a ton of money, but it was enough to, to buy books that I could, you know, use that. Um, I know some of my colleagues were able to get grants and scholarships for, for that. It just wasn't something that I was able to do. So, but there is funding out there. You know, there's plenty of scholarships and, um, and grant funding that you could do and and not have to do that and then you know definitely tap into wherever you're working um and see if they have any assistance for for tuition as well mm -hmm. and that's a great tip to tap into where you're working because how many of us generally think about looking to our jobs for some kind of funding or tuition support so that's that's a great tip to share with our audience especially being able to explain how my education was going to help them mm. You know, um, we had an entire class just talking about the, the competencies for accreditation and working for an organization that is accredited and was going to be going through their their reaccreditation, being able to transfer what I was learning from the classroom to those meetings, preparing for, you know, our site visits and things. They were very much impressed and saying, wow, OK, so what else do we need to know as we're going through ours? Because they're very similar. Um, and so that also helped to, to build the case for why I could use the tuition assistance. Right. And they could hear how you add value, basically, to that exactly. particular work environment. So that exactly. was definitely a strength. Um, now, I've heard a little bit about your classes so far. They sound like great and informational classes to me. So what would you say the classes were like for you? Ooh, intense. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, you can't just skate by. There's, there's none of that. Um, but the professors that I had were phenomenal. I mean, they really were. From the moment we walked through the door for orientation, um, before our first residency. And we started out with residency. Mm -hmm. So our orientation was a three-day um, in a uh, resort hotel kind of a place. And we spent the Friday, the Saturday, and most of the Sunday in orientation preparing ourselves for class. Um, it was intense. There was a lot of work that needed to be done, a lot of papers to write, a lot of reading to do. Definitely use the art of skimming because it's impossible to read everything, but picking out highlights and, and all of that. So we had classes on social work history and, you know, how to, how to teach basically, you know, international social work, um, how to write a teaching statement. What is your teaching philosophy? 
you know, when you go into a classroom. The research classes, grant writing, I had classes on supervision and faculty development. Um, I had classes on just, you know, research, both qualitative and quantitative research, but also mixed methods research. And a few classes on writing. How do you write for academic journals, for professional, you know, work? So it all just came together. And then, like I said, I had a teaching practicum which was really helpful. That was part of my residency, um, one of my residencies. And during that class, we did the, the practicum, but then we also did, how do you build your portfolio, you know, for, for job searches and writing your CV or your resume and cover letters, those kinds of things. What do people wanna know about you when you're interviewing, whether that's higher ed or in an agency, you know, if you're moving forward. So it was really, really just, the classes were were robust. Um, like I said, the professors were fantastic. Always there to, for support if you need them. Um, just very, they were just wonderful. They're so knowledgeable, you know, um, which was really helpful. Yes. And if you were to give examples of some new knowledge that you gained as a result of attending the program, what examples would you give? More about the qualitative side of research, which I found I really love. Um, I've never been a math person, so quantitative research always, you know, with that type of statistics and things uh, always kind of scared me, but being able to do qualitative and really getting down with people around what are their thoughts, what are their feelings, what are their beliefs, um, really that spoke to me. Um, being a better grant writer, you know, how do you write a good grant so that you can get funding? And I had done some grant writing already in practice, but never had a class on it that really got down, this is what you need to do, putting the budget together. And then I think all of the classes had something that I learned. I didn't go in to anything thinking, oh yeah, I already know this, you know, even, as many times as we talk about social work history and Jane Addams and, you know, Mary Richmond, it really, that class really kind of struck, struck me and stood out to me because we got to go to the social work archives, the social service archives at the University of Minnesota, which was fantastic sitting there and going through um, some of, you know, old meeting notes from the National Association of Social Workers um going through old books and just all of that learning and seeing i actually came across in my research that day at someone's dissertation that was handwritten wow and i was thinking to myself i don't think i would have been able to do that <laughs> i think it was hard enough you know um but just that type of experience that type of learning was just it was great for me you know, I just picked up so much being able to be hands-on, um, learning about international social work, you know, my classes, how is it taught around the world? Um, that type, I mean, all of that was just, it was fantastic. 
sounds fantastic to me. And just as you were talking, I, I thought we have some similarities. I also had a teaching practicum. I also did qualitative. So there were so many similarities that we were both uh, drawn to as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And my next big question for you is, was it worth it in your opinion? 150% yes. It was completely worth it for a number of reasons, right? So now I have this, you know, incredible group of people that I'm friendly with. Um, there's a bunch of us and some people come and go depending on schedules that have a writing group. So on Monday mornings, we get together through Zoom and okay, we're going to work on writing today um, for just two hours and having that support to keep that momentum going because we're in higher ed we have to publish and and keep writing um so having that having a better understanding of how academia works mm -hmm. it's a little different than being in you know in an organization in an agency it's just because there's so many different factors that play into it and whether you're at a state agency or a, you know a state school or a private school how those differences happen. And we had some of those conversations in classes. Um, just the, the connections with the professors, the, the learning, um, and knowing I wouldn't be where I am now if I hadn't put, you know, put what I had into the classes and really taken that, that leap to say, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do my doctorate. Yes, yes. And if you were to give advice to someone who was considering pursuing their DSW, but not fully sure, what type of advice would you give them? Do your research. Definitely do your research because all of the programs are different. So you want to almost do an interview with people. And I did that. We had, there was a, uh, in, like an open house session for for the school and we got to ask questions and things before we even did the application. I absolutely encourage people to do that because you wanna know what, you know, sure they're gonna try and sell their program to you, but at the same time, are they being sincere? You know, are they genuine in how they, how they are? Talk to other graduates. My program was new. Um, I was the second cohort to go through. So there were no graduates to speak to about it but just having the interactions that I had prior to um, during the application process and all of that, the interactions I had with, with the Dean, with the director of the DSW program, with the support staff were just, it was just great. You know, they were so right there, very helpful to walk you through the process. You want that because if you're getting that, you know, that's this type of support and you know that you're going to get throughout the program and that's exactly what happened know yourself is another big thing what can you do you know you have to know whether you're an online learner or if you need to be in person or if you need the the um the combination of both because if i was to go to a program that was you know a full-time online asynchronous I probably would not have made it through. I just, cause I know myself that way. So you have to know what kind of learner you are, but then also have fun. I mean, we, we laughed 
there were some tears, certainly, you know, but we laughed and making those connections, talking with people. Um, that was, I mean, it was just the part of the, it was the program. It was part of the group norm, you know, to be able to laugh so hard you were crying or just need that breakdown moment and, and allow yourself that time, you know, uh, and have definitely make sure that you have support of people outside of the program. You know, there were days where I would be working on a paper or working on my dissertation and I would get up in the morning, you know, shower, dress, all of that. And I'd sit down at the computer and just start typing. And then the next thing I know, my partner is bringing in here's your plate of breakfast, your eggs and your <laughs> potatoes and your sausage with your coffee. Great. You know, uh, I'm like, okay, so I can eat while I'm typing and doing research. And then a little while later, he'd come in and very quietly, never say a thing, just pick up the plate and the cup of coffee and put a glass of water down and walk away. You know, um, I probably wouldn't have eaten on those days because I was so focused on what I was doing, but having him there as a support and say, you got this, I'm going to give you the space you need to do what you need to do. You know, um, my mother was another great support. Just, you know, she, she edited my papers. She edited my dissertation, you know, having someone that was outside of that stress that could go through the papers and, change this, this is good, you know, I understand what you're trying to get at. That was also really helpful. So, but yes, it was 100% worth it. And I would highly recommend to anybody to do it <laughs> if they're ready. Yes. And, and I really enjoyed hearing about the family piece, the different types of support from the food to the helping <laughs> to read the dissertation. And that's another important part of that process, the type of support system that's around us that can help sustain us as we're transitioning through this, this career part of our lives. Sure. I mean, it was hard. I can't say that it wasn't hard. There were plenty of family events that I missed, you know, because I was out at residency or because I had to get that paper written. I could only do, you know, stay for an hour at a family function and then have to get right back to work or things like that. There were definitely things that, you know, were, were difficult about the program. Mm -hmm. A lot of late nights, you know, um, especially I, the program that I was running at the time was the, uh, the psychiatric emergency services. It's 24 seven. And as the assistant program director, there were times where people called out, they were sick. And now I find myself doing an overnight. You know, I haven't slept all day because I'm working on my paper. Now I'm doing overnight on a Saturday night, still have to finish the paper for Sunday yes. when it's due, you know, and being able to manage that. And there were definitely times where I thought, I, I, I can't do this. This is not going to happen. And having that support of, you know, my mother, my brother, my nieces and nephews and sister-in-law, my husband, even his mother in all of the challenges she was having was like, you can do this. You can do this. You know, um, it was it was all of that that really gave me food to just mm -hmm. keep me nourished, to keep going. Mm -hmm. And then also knowing it's three years of your life. Yes. You've done things much longer. It took me nine years to finish my undergrad degree. I can mm -hmm. do a doctorate in three. I yes. know I can. Yes. 
you know? <laughs> so. Gosh, I love I love listening to you. And I think about <laughs> when we when we have our family involved, it, I'll just speak for me. My degree was not just about me. It was about my family too. And I wanted to continue um, kind of our legacy of what we do with education and contributing back to society with the specific type of degree that I pursued. So again, we all pursue our degrees for different reasons and have value in it for different reasons as well. So again, I just like hearing how your family was involved and a major part of your support system too. It really worked. There were, you know, there were times where my mother would just say, you need to get away from your computer. Let's go for a ride. Let's go shopping somewhere and just walk around. We don't have to buy anything, but get you out of the house. Um, and a couple of times where Kevin would, my husband would say, we're going to go away for the weekend. I've got somebody to watch mom. You know, his brother would come in and watch his mother for the weekend. We're going away. Um, and interesting enough, during my doctoral program, that's when we got married. <laughs> planned the wedding we bought a house like there was so many other things in life that were happening yeah. that couldn't that weren't just going to stop because I was in school you know and and it was it was something that really stuck with me too that I can continue doing some of those things you know and and still work this very rigorous program and come out with a degree and when I graduated I said to him we graduated because yes. you did this as much as I did. Yes. <laughs> and that is so true. And again, valuable. Mm -hmm. And we're starting to draw to a close and you've already shared a wealth of information. But I'm wondering, is there anything else you'd like to share just to leave our audience with? I, again, do your research if it's something that you really want to do. Um, I'm always happy to people talk to people about this. As you can see, it's something I get excited about because it, it was such a, a great time to do, you know, for, for me. So I'm happy to talk about what are the challenges and what were what worked for me. Um, so I'm happy to talk to anybody if they ever want to run things by me or ask more questions or anything like that. I'm open to that. That is awesome. And thank you so much for sharing that invitation with everyone too. And I want everyone to know that, that Dr. Cousineau's bio is right below in the information box, as well as the article that I had spoken about earlier in the new Social Worker magazine. Dr. Cousineau, thank you so much for being with us today. I really, again, you shared a wealth of information that I thoroughly appreciate. Thank you, Dr. Hardy, for having me. It was so great to be able to talk to you. <laughs>